Entrepreneurs can get stuck in their head, challenged by their thoughts, the voice in their head, and their beliefs. We chat with successful entrepreneurs who share their journey and the lessons learned along the way. The Ad Valued Entrepreneurs podcast is edutaining, leaving you with actionable advice to transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. Our conversations are for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. It's time for you to add value. Today's guest, Sean Anthony, at a young age, knew what it took to stand out from the crowd. At the age of 14, he became a serial entrepreneur by collaborating with others to host his own events, bringing people together by the thousands. He always found himself in situations where he collaborated with peers to help them reach a goal or serve a cause. Later in life, Sean's ability to collaborate and facilitate was identified by corporate leaders who elevated him to various leadership positions where he was promoted six times in four years. As the host of Schools Over, Now What, the podcast, and as the lead mentor at the Now What Academy, Sean serves students and professionals across the world who are stuck in their situations. He uses his gift to bring together industry leaders who share their stories and wisdom. His mission is to help others identify their gifts, create roadmaps to success, and offer practical advice and motivation to complete the journey. Sean Anthony is a go-getter and shares his story of corporate success, but wanting something different, and when he looked at the podcast world, no one looked like him. He wanted to help others like him find success, so he started Schools Over Now What? The podcast, and he's interviewed successful celebrities and created many successful collaborations. Sean, thank you so much for jumping on the show today. I'm looking forward to a great conversation and learning so much from you. Absolutely, man. I'm excited to be here, man. And always good to, to talk to a fellow podcaster. <laughs> thank you. Well, so obviously, I think most people know your story. You know, starting out at 14, learning from your brother, kind of the promo gig, right? Putting hosting parties. Um, what what motivated you to, obviously the money motivated you some, but what else drove you to, to, to just take that initiative and, and start doing that on your own? Yeah. I, I mean, it's kind of like when you're like a young, young person hanging around older people, right? Whether you're a young person in sports, hanging around better athletes at some point, you're going to begin to become an athlete, right? And, and for me, hanging around those guys and, and kind of see how they were, were maneuvering and marketing and advertising and getting people excited, it just wore off on me. And I, and I wanted to create that same, you know, that same type of process for myself. Nice. So in those early days, it was really like a pro promotional gig, right? Obviously, you got to create the party, but it's really yeah. about how do you get people to the party? Yes, it's about how you get people to the party, but also like like how you get people excited to want to come out, right? Excited to want to come out and then two, create an experience for them when they are out so that they come back, especially with the parties. Like we were doing like three parties a week. We were doing parties Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, every single week. Um, and, and as you can imagine, that takes some type of excitement. You got to constantly keep building, whether it was steaming them. But the funny thing about it, man, is that now when I think about it, a lot of those things I was doing is, is also the same process in business. You're trying to get people excited about your product. You're trying to get people excited about your brand. You're trying to get them to buy back from you. All of that falls in the same line of it in the promotion. Well, and just, yeah, just thinking about the theme or the who's the guest, right? Who's the who's the big draw, the big attraction. Um, and obviously that making connections, you know, kind of became 
your thing in the promo biz. And then of course that led to the podcast connections that you've made. Absolutely. I, I think what it did though, it, it built like this, uh, almost like a fortitude where, where, where like you like you weren't going to like take no for an answer because I, I think about you know from 14 to you know college I went out to college and I was throwing parties too till everyone left and I, I think I think what it really built inside of me was that I'm not afraid to go after you know anybody I remember being 18 years old uh, flying like like just running down shuttles where artists were at just trying to get them on camera to say something. You know, that, that all, all of those things just kind of builds like this audacity in me to keep asking people to do things. <laughs> nice. All right. So I'm going to ask a question that maybe maybe hasn't been asked. How did you host these parties and get involved in this party scene and yet avoid the negative side of the party scene and the path that could lead you, obviously, away from success? That's a good question, man. Well, I, I was surrounded myself. If you saw how I moved in high school, uh, how I moved in college, you would have thought I had security guards because all of my friends were like six foot five, six foot whatever. They were all bigger than me. Uh, so the cool thing about that is it kind of elevated the presence that that you weren't really going to get, but so close. Uh, and everyone can pretty much hold their own. And, and, but we, we stayed away from the nonsense. Obviously, you know, there are certain times where you'll have, you know, things go wrong. And, you know, there might be a fight or there might be something, that, activity that goes left. But you're still protected by the group of people you hang around. Uh, so I think by far that, that helped me a whole lot. And we were so business savvy. We were never party savvy. So like if people come to the party, they come to the party, kind of relax, enjoy, have fun. That was never us. We were trying to figure out how much money was coming in the door, who was paying to get VIP, how much was the bottles being charged, are we filling up every section? Um, so keeping that, you know, that business acumen, even in that process, definitely helped. Nice. I mean, obviously that, you know, the, the people at the party, and I like that you distinguish yourself from Hey, these people are here to party. They're doing their thing, but we're we're focused on the business. We don't have time for that nonsense. Yeah, yeah, we're all we're all we in. You know, there might be one or two songs that catch your attention, but that's the only time you might get off focus. Other other than that, you're all the way in. Nice. I, one of the things that you've mentioned uh, a couple times is that you had both parents at home, and how did your parents feel about you guys hosting parties? <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of came with the territory. I, I think with my brother, I mean, it, it, he he started when he was 18. So unlike me, you know, he had already, you know, got out the house, you know, so he had started when he was 18 and came big at it. I, I think what they always recognized was the entrepreneurs uh, that, that that was that was in us, you know, that we were true, you know, entrepreneurs and wanted to really make something happen, you know, that, that seemed, you know, uh, abnormal to some. You know, I was talking to my mentor, uh, Matthew Knowles, who's Beyonce's dad, literally over the weekend. And he said to me, you know, uh, what, what you might be dealing with is first generational popularity. I ain't never heard that before. <laughs> but I mean, but but it makes so much sense. Right. Where, where, where you got to really stay focused because those small things could throw you off. Absolutely. So what impact do you think it made in your life and, and obviously your brother's success and your success? That, that you had both parents at home. Oh, man, yeah. Oh, man, it made a huge impact, you know, because because I can't now I think about it. There's not really too many of my friends who had both of them. Like, you'll get at least one, you know, but but having both, it lets you realize that, hey, it's possible. Uh, it makes you look at it and say, okay, I can create this in my own life. Uh, but, but they both were two, two you know, 
two special people in their own way. You know, my mom was a, a financial analyst for a huge company, a corporate one. So she did a, a whole bunch of states. Uh, my dad is a, a former professional bodybuilder. Uh, so like they, they come from completely two different lanes, but they both were champions uh, in their own outright. Nice. So obviously building an audience is kind of, you know, where you started, right? Building a, a, an audience around um, the party scene. Uh, how did that transition, you know, when you went into the digital space? <laughs> well, I think about it. It was completely two different, completely different crowds, you know, it, 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 but, but the process was the same, like the process of, of trying to attract it and, and you know, accumulate uh, to, to inspire, to create a, a community around that process will always forever remain the same, but the audience was completely different. You know, that was like, it's like a, you know, you don't like, you, you don't just start partying and just slap headphones on and start listening to podcasts. They say it's a really different uh, audience, but I would say the process of knowing how to get something to work stayed the same. And for me, I spent like the first, you know, 30 days almost like transitioning my social media where my social media, it went from, you know, party scene, party scene, you know, it went from party scene, party scene to like me stepping into me. You know, and, and fully going all the way in and kind of say, hey, look, this is what I'm about to do. And then I started to like get like a little bit of audience. People say, OK, he's on a positive. He's on something different. And then I introduced the podcast. So it wasn't like, hey, I went from parties and was like, boom, here comes the podcast because that would have never worked. I took the time to kind of really separate myself and kind of show everyone what I was about to do. Now, let's talk about your, that transition, because because really you changed your purpose, right? You changed um you know, you completely changed direction. You share a little bit about why you made that transition and, and what was behind it. Yeah, man. Uh, one, it was longevity. You know, like you, you alluded to it earlier. There was a lot of parties I threw that, 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 that it could either end in two ways. You can, you can be on top of the party game and have like one bad night. Someone can lose their life and, and, and the club is over. There's no coming back from that. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And, you know, in some of those spots, something goes wrong, someone loses their life, that nightclub, that revenue, all that is done. Uh, and, and for me, I paid attention to everybody that I was influencing in that lifestyle, and I saw them graduate. I saw them go back home. I saw them struggle, not know what to do what they wanted to do, not knowing what they wanted to do with their life. And I realized I had learned a skill set that was transferable. You know, and that skill set was transferable to the corporate world where I excelled in management. I was promoted like six times in four years. Like nobody could see me because I was already thinking ahead of them, you know, but it transferred. And then I realized that my friends, they needed help too. They need, they need to know what to do next. And that led me to creating schools over now at the podcast. Nice. And so now your why as for schools over now, what is? Oh, the why now is because now giving people access to information they would never got. You know, like, 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 I, I could imagine it. You know, I, I, when I was, when I stumbled across podcasting, I took a job that took me six hours away from my family and I literally stumbled across the app. So I was listening to like Emma, Chris Drama Pav, Evan Carmichael. And I said those names respectfully because they've all been on my show, you know, but I was listening to them and I was like, they don't look like me. They don't sound like me, but there's people that I can impact, but I can also help by bringing them on and sharing their knowledge with a whole different community. You know, and I think that's what the, the, the goal and focus is now is that I'm showing you that it's possible and giving you insights to people that who may be big and all outright, but people may have never seen them who look like I do that can benefit from them. Mm, so nice. So so let's talk about creating an experience as a podcaster. Obviously, that 
that party scene experience is one thing, but what, what was your focus in creating an experience in your podcast? Yeah, I think it's, it's a podcast is a journey, right? Like, like in that, in that experience, it's like, okay, how can we talk about a little bit about your life before you, you know, became who you are? Like, how can we get to a moment that really shifted you and changed you? But most importantly, how can we answer the question that everybody's asked themselves? Right. School's over. Now what? Like, what do I do? Like, as people who are, are graduating in the spring or graduating, maybe even during the holiday break. And, and, and as soon as they cross their stage, their mom and grandma, somebody, hey, what's, what's what you going to What are you going to do next? Now, what are you going to do? Right. And I think everyone, th- everyone thinks that, you know, so I, I think I think that for me is all in the art of storytelling. You know, and, and really trying to figure it out because a lot of these people who do podcasts, they don't get really talk about that particular part of their life, right? They kind of talk about you know some things that might have you know not worked out the way they wanted it to, a company that went bad, but very rarely do they really go into like education and like, okay, this is what really got me to this, or this is what really didn't help me at all. <laughs> but there is there is definitely a, a, a disconnect, right? Right, being able to look back at your story. Um, I think for many, it's it's changing that story that they're telling themselves in the past, right? Helping people change the story of I'm not worthy, you know, I don't deserve this, or I'm not good enough to to do that, or oh that that person would never meet with me or, or talk to me. How, how did you deal with? Obviously, you had some audacity from <laughs> your party experience, but but how did you deal with helping people change their story? Yeah, I, I I think um I, I think I think for me in terms of like changing your story, it really came down to um realizing what, what the benefit was of them telling that story. You know, like 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 a lot of times if 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 some of the things that are the most hard for us to talk about are the things that people need to hear. You know, and it's almost like okay, me too, or I can go through this. But also too, you gotta think about it for me, like I'm not I'm not based out of LA. I'm not based out of New York. And I move a lot now. I move a lot, but I'm not based out of these places. I'm not based out of Atlanta. You know, to be from North Carolina, you know, and, and to move and network the way I have, that shows somebody else, whether they're in a small town or wherever they're at, that is possible. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, I like, uh, you know, Travis Chappelle's quote was, you know, if they're breathing, I can get them on my show. So... <laughs> I think one. you have a similar similar audacity that that you know oh, yeah. if they're alive I can I can make it happen. I would but agree you with were, him on that. You did it obviously pre-COVID. You did it a little differently, um, and and obviously that took some resources. That took some some energy to to be willing to meet people where they were. Um, mm-hmm. how, how did what? How how did that come about? Yeah, I, I, I saw. Well, the first time I traveled. Um, was to Laguna Beach, which was for my last first time I traveled, and, and it, it came because people kept tagging us. They kept tagging us in our Instagram stories, saying it was their favorite podcast, their top five. And I shared it one day, and he slid in my DM, and I was like, I, I was like, he slid in my DM, and he was like, hey, let's make it happen, you know. And I thought it was just like some robot, some bogus thing, or whatever. And he gave me, you know, his direct contact, you know, and we set it up. And he was like, hey, come to the house, he gave me the address, and I was saying to myself. I was like, you know what? And all the people that the, the kick this thing off with and, and really start flying to, you know, this this might should this should be the guy, you know. So, so that that kind of kicked it off there, you know. And there was a time prior to that when I was in Times Square where I interviewed uh, Mims, uh, which was my first in person interview. Uh, that was in New York. 
Um, he had like the number one song in the world, 2007, called "This Is Why I'm Hot." That's when I realized, okay, I could do this for real, for real. But but the first person I was scheduled to actually get on the plane and fly to uh, was definitely uh, Ed Milet, which followed by a whole lot of other people. So that that trip from Rocky Mountain, North Carolina to Laguna Beach, what? Uh... Oh, that oh, that that trip was from. Uh, I chose from like uh was it from Greensboro? That's from Greensboro, yeah, from Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, Rocky Mountains where I'm born at, man. But 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 you said what was that? What was that flight like? Well, not just the flight, but but the whole experience, right? Oh like, man, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. You gotta think about it. Like, like I I, I literally uh took myself out of a room to being on a beach with sand, a private beach at that, all off my voice. And just talking to somebody, you know, so that, that's that's a way different game changer. It shows you what, what's possible. Um, and sometimes proximity, what Ed taught me the most, uh, proximity uh, changes everything. You know, and, and having that proximity, being on the couch that I saw all these superstars on, and I, just, just seeing his energy in person, it showed me what I could do. Well, and just the, the experience of, of his place, right? Like, oh, you, yeah. you've elevated yourself to a, to a whole new level to – to walk into to Ed Milet's, you know, house and just be like, you know, hey, you're 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 part of this community. You're part of my family. Yeah, man, I met his uh, I met his daughter. I remember um I remember when I walked into his house. Is everything he think it would be like is is way better. Uh, I just I just remember um I remember getting there early, and I remember knocking on the door. And then I saw people in there, but no one came to the door. So I, so me and my guy who was with me, the camera guy who rode with me, we walked out. We walked up right back upstairs. And the next thing you know, I heard this loud voice, almost like a movie, man. It was like, yo, come down here. And it was him. And he, he was standing at this tall door. He almost looked like 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 the rock, man. Um, he said it was everything you can imagine. And then when we walked towards him, there were other like celebrities leaving his house. They were just all in there, just leaving his house. He was like, hey, you remember this guy? And I was, then I was like, yeah, I remember him. And literally like two nights before, he was like on ESPN's 30 for 30 or something. But um, but it was everything, man. It was everything. And I, I think for me, seeing that, he's like, hey, okay, where, where, where do you want to go? Where do you want to do the interview at? And I was like, yo, take me to this couch I've seen all on YouTube. Like, it took forever to get to that couch. It took forever. Like it took a like long time. Like walking to the airport. Ah <laughs> uh, man, it was like staircase, 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 staircase. Okay, we're finally here. You know, and it, it, so but it took a long time to get there, which no one probably knows unless you've been there. That's a long time. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So, besides Ed's, obviously there's a big impact because that was the first and and opened you know so many doors. But whose place surprised you the most, or or did you enjoy the most? Ah. Uh. It's hard to say now. It, it's um. Let's see. Well, it, it, it depends on where you're at. Like, like I remember what well, Dave Meltzer when I when I very first met him, and I've and I've worked with him multiple times now. Um, I did a podcast at his house, and after this, after the podcast is over, his wife had the most amazing fried chicken you can imagine. Like whatever you think fried chicken tastes like, it shocked me. And I just saw them recently, like two weeks ago in L.A., and I still bring it up. <laughs> like, it was a, one of the most amazing uh, fried chickens of all time, man. Uh, and I remember eating it. And at this time, this particular time, like I'm not scared of dogs, but I'm cautious of dogs that aren't mine. And, and uh, his dog was literally sitting on my lap while I was trying to eat it. But at the same time, I wasn't going to say anything. So I just <laughs> played cool. <laughs> but they asked him, but yeah, great, great guy, great family. Uh, they they were definitely uh, one of my favorites. 
Nice. That's awesome. I I love, I mean, obviously I think food is, is a powerful, you know, oh, sitting yeah. around a table so much, so much good can happen, right? When you're enjoying yes. a meal together, um, it, coffee isn't quite the same, right? If you sit across from somebody, have coffee, that there's too much, too much business-like, yeah. but, but when you have food, there's food involved. Um, I think great things can happen. So, so that's yeah, but, but here's the thing about this food, man. That, that food was so spectacular. I was at uh, Roof Chris with Dave, his wife, uh, a couple other people in L.A. Uh, literally probably about two weeks ago. And I would have still chose that fried chicken over that Roof Chris steak. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So obviously you mentioned Matthew Knowles. You mentioned his mentoring you. What mm-hmm. What is the power of mentorship? Man, man, it changes the game because you don't know it all. And even though no matter how good you might think you are, no matter how good you might think, you know, your advice is, sometimes you just need to have somebody hear you out and just, you know, and just give you some advice. You know, it, 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 some of the things he says to me sometimes, is I'll say something and then he'll respond. He'll be like, how can I help? And then it's like, all right, this is how you can help. Like, I don't know what to, like, I don't know what to do on this part. Like, you know, but it, it's being vulnerable and at the same time, you, you'll find out more about them and things that you can constantly keep helping them with, you know? So I, I think mentorship changes the game. You got to find some people that you admire, that you feel vulnerable enough to, to tell it all to, you know, and, and let them, you know, be your sound bites, you know, when you screw up or your sound bites when you're trying to figure things out. Nice. So you mentioned finding those people. How would you recommend somebody be looking for a mentor or, or, if they know who they want, you know, how do they get into that circle? Yeah, I think it goes both ways. I think I think at the same time, as much as you're looking for a mentor, you got to find a person who's who's just as, as attracted to you as a human being and what you're doing in life that that's that 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 naturally falls in line. You know, that's the part where people are pretty, pretty much don't talk about is that at the end of the day, yes, it's cool to find a mentor, but how many people have mentors who actually genuinely like what they're doing and want to help them. You know, there's a difference between a mentor and a paid coach. You know, that's a, that's a completely different ball game. You know, a mentor is someone who genuinely wants to help you. You know, a, a paid coach, you can go get plenty of them. They go get plenty. You can go get plenty of them. You know what I mean, but 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 a mentor is someone who genuinely wants to help you. Uh, who, who who likes what you're doing that you can you know can be vulnerable with. So good. Well, and I like that you mentioned that you need to be finding people that you can be given back to you as well, mm-hmm. right? Mentoring, mentoring down so that, so that you're sharing your value. Absolutely. It can't be all one, it can't be all one side. It's gotta be something they need help with on it. You gotta be good at, I mean, you're not paying them. <laughs> well, and, and, and really that's kind of what your clubhouse room has, has turned out into, right? Because your podcast, you're interviewing, you know, big names, you're doing a lot of sharing a lot of great information, but, but in the clubhouse, you're building an audience of people um, as a mentor. Absolutely, man. You know, interesting about clubhouse, you know, people always ask, okay, you're, you're on clubhouse. And, and, and in the very beginning, um, I probably could have went way harder, but I was just so limited uh, on time. So what, what I noticed really quickly, though, with clubhouse is when I was speaking, you know, heavily, you know, people were gravitating towards it. You know, they were, they were following, they were, you know, it was one of the quickest rapid, you know, if you, if you were to ask me in 20, in 2021, uh, what, what, what is one platform and maybe a little bit of a 2020, a little bit too, the end of 2020, 
what is one platform I wish I put more time into in the beginning stages? It would have been Clubhouse. You know, now it's a little bit different, but they're working on some things that, you know, can get people constantly listening to you and replays. But what I'm doing on Clubhouse, man, is really, you know, taking everything I learned and saying, hey, look, here you go. You know, you do what you want to do with it, but but here you go. And, and seeing who's receptive of it, um, and, and it seems like people are liking it. But at the same time, I'm trying to still figure out how often I want to do it. I'm like, all right, let me should I scale back a little bit. Should I just do two times a month? You know, because there's some times where people, you, know, you got to realize it takes preparation to do those things. You know, and, and like you just alluded to it. When you're giving back, you're giving back. At some point, you got to take care of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But but you've created quite a community on Clubhouse. And and I know there's been folks mentioning that, that Clubhouse is going to take away podcasting. What what do you uh, think? That's not that's impossible. Uh, it's impossible. They, they've gotten really good, though. I think that I think the best feature they've ever added. And I haven't heard anybody talk about it. Uh, maybe I'm not having enough rooms, but the best feature they've ever added that could be scary for podcasters was the replay. Because I'm doing a replay. I'm like, hmm, see, okay, I missed this rule. Okay, let me go. Hmm, hmm. You know, because I'm still a student of the game. You know, like, like I never claim to know it all, but I claim to constantly be learning. And somebody might say something I never heard of. So I'm like, oh, okay. You know, but I think that 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 was to me the best feature. Had a replay feature been out when it very first came out, we might be having a totally different conversation right now. You know, they took so long to get to it that the people now that who are liking it and discovering it are just natural students of the game. Yeah. One of our, one of my uh, guests, previous guests, she was recording her uh, clubhouse room and then using that on, on Facebook and, and got some real power with that. And I think that maybe that's some of the hints that led to them adding a replay option. Man, listen, I replay, man, because I, I think about this all the time. People say, okay, my, my club, Podcast Circus Reveal, now has over 39,000 members. Um, and, and back in my mind, I said to myself, if they could only hear what the, some of those old memes was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, like, because it was just, because in the beginning stages of Clubhouse, let me tell you like how, how much Clubhouse has changed. In the beginning stages of Clubhouse, I would open that room, I was the only one talking about podcasting. So, so, so I know there's like other podcast clubs, but they weren't doing it like, like we were doing it at Podcast Secrets. I'll be always honest. Like I had, because like, I know they didn't have these type of names. I had Lewis House. I had Pat Flynn. I had like me and I was worth of game. Like all the biggest podcasters in the world, when they heard of Clubhouse, they were in this room. And, and, and I, got, I got the screenshots. I got, I got everything to show you. But they were there and they were because I brought them on stage, you know. But that wasn't happening in the other clubhouse rooms. But that goes to show you if you had that replay option, go back and listen to it. You know, mm-hmm. oh, that is Lewis House. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and that was, I think that was Clubhouse's the, the driving force of their growth was that you know, you had access, you know, all of a sudden Evan Carmichael jumps in a room, uh, yeah. you know. Some of these Ed Milet jumps in a room. And- oh, Ed, Ed Milet ain't gonna jump on it though. Ed Milet ain't gonna do it. Like, 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 like I, I have personally sent him invites. I know other influencers who have personally sent him invites, and I've heard him say that he did not want to do it because he didn't want to become too uh, accessible. What's his words? <laughs> well, and and I think that accessibility has changed, right? Like it's it's yeah. definitely not what it was in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> everybody else doing it everybody else doing it he ain't gonna do it that's that's awesome 
So have you gotten back to 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 visiting guests and doing your podcast recording? Yeah, man. I, uh, I just uh, recently what I what I do now, what I've been doing recently is that I, I've done a lot of interviews that haven't came out yet that are going to come out and I've interviewed people. And then as the world was clearing up, as I'm traveling, I'm actually physically meeting them. Um, and, and so that's leading on to more conversations, more behind the scenes. So it'll be a mixture of virtual, but then they'll kind of show you me actually with them. Um, I've been doing that a lot lately. Um, I interviewed uh, Ryan Blair, New York Times bestselling author. I was just at his house in uh, Hollywood Hills uh, two weeks ago. Um, so you're going to see a lot more of that. But I think as but what I think one thing I do appreciate though is how much more um, acceptable it is to do virtuals. You know, there was a time where prior to COVID, where like, you were doing virtuals, they weren't really trying to fool with you like that. Like you, you would get a little traction, but you weren't getting like the massiveness. And I think when COVID happens, this became the new norm. And I think that was one of the best things ever. Well, and it's so it's so powerful. Obviously, you know, I'm in Colorado. You're in North Carolina. Yeah, I did an interview for a couple in Arizona that that I don't know if I've ever would have been able to to have that conversation with them if if this wasn't the you know the new norm. The new norm. Yeah, and so and in fact now I've done I've done Australia and New Zealand, and there's no way we're making that flight for a podcast. No, we ain't doing that. We're not doing that. that. 24 hour flying around the world to get an hour. We'll take a little four hour flight. We ain't taking all that. Ain't doing all that. (laughs) Well, even North Carolina to LA, that's still a long that's a long haul. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, if you got a layover, you're looking about six hours. Yeah. You you can listen to add my let, you're gonna you add my let, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna do it. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well there's you know, I got my top 100 list and probably the top 20 I'd fly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's how it should be. You know, that's how it should be. Like literally, literally when I started the podcast um, in June, 2018, I got in my let and I got in my episode 42. And before like, he was like top five on my, on my list. Like, it was like top five. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by Add Value to Life Coaching and their Inner Circle Team Coaching with a new team forming in January. Limited seats are available. Apply during the month of December to be a part of this group coaching program. It can be found at addvalue2life.com. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. So obviously school's over now. What, you know, can your, your goal is still to, to answer that question, right? To help people have a place to go um, how, how do you help people find their purpose? Yeah, I, th- I think people got to follow the passion. They got to follow what 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 will they do if they weren't getting paid? Like what we're doing now, I mean, you talking, I do this all day. Right? Like, 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 like what, were you, what were you doing <laughs> that, that you would do if you weren't getting paid? You know, and, and follow that passion and figure out how can you turn it into revenue? And then also, also, where can you be who you truly are supposed to be and, and, and allow for yourself to be accepted by those who have been waiting for you. You know, like so many times you, 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 you go into rooms and that's why people like me. Like so many times you go into rooms and you code switch. I was in LA and this is like, like, like top notch studio equipment. It's like, uh, it's like a huge show that's going to come out and everyone's like dressed in like suits and ties. And here I am in a, uh, uh, a hoodie, sweatpants, some fresh shoes on, just chilling. It's being me, but everyone's attracted to it, you know. So, so where can you go where you can be your natural self, be accepted, follow your passion, and do it if you weren't getting paid? And I think you're 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 going to get really close to that. No, oh, 
Yeah, I like that. And 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 the idea that you can't generate revenue from from a passion, you know, obviously it, it takes creativity to figure out, you know, revenue. Um, yeah. How how did you start monetizing your podcast? What how did yeah. that come about? Multiple ways, man. The first way I did it was really becoming my own infocommercial. People always say, oh, go get a sponsor, 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 sponsor. I'm not about to be yelling at the top of my lungs about Charmin toilet tissue if I don't really <laughs> like it. Like, like, it doesn't make sense, right? You're going to, if anything, like, Sean, shut up about talking about Charmin toilet tissue. Get to the episode. I, I became my own infocommercial. So what I did was I noticed people were attracted to how I was maneuvering, how I was learning this. How I was connecting with people that turned into ebooks, that turned into you know uh, podcast scripts. They land any guests you want. That turned into one-on-one coaching. That turned into a private communities. You know that's where I really you know how I really got into the revenue spot and was able to like leave those jobs and be full on with this thing. And then even at that case, I'm always still constantly looking at new ways to reinvent the wheel. Nice. So let's talk. about, we talked a little bit about when you're hosting parties and, and being able to stay on the good side, right. And avoid, avoid all the nonsense. Yeah. The streets. Yeah. <laughs> how, how important has character been as an entrepreneur, as, as, as a podcaster, as an influencer? Oh, so the more thing, man, you want to know what, like you want to be, you want to be respected at the same time. You want to be liked to the point where you're not there. People speak highly of you. You know, I think I think that's important, right? You never want to burn any bridges, but at the same time, you want to also be, you know, communicating at a high level. You know, treating everybody with respect. And then when you're in a room, realize that you're you're worthy of being in a room, and at the same time, realize you got something to bring too. You know, like you have something to offer too. And I think that's important when in terms of, of character, uh, not shrinking when the light is on you, but also being who you're supposed to be. Well, and you mentioned authenticity, right? And and the value of of getting to be, be be who you are. But let's talk about obviously not everybody's at that place um, with their character or their authentic self uh, that they fit in that room, right? So let's talk about growth. What you you've mentioned, you know, you're a student of the game, right? Mm-hmm. You you said that pretty repeatedly. Yeah. Um, how do you help people be a student of the game to grow grow themselves? So that they can sit in a room with Ed Milet, they can sit in a room with Sean Anthony and hang out and and, yeah. and feel like that you know they deserve to be there. Yeah, I think I think it, it becomes one like how how much time are you putting into it? You know, uh, someone asked me uh, recently. They said, you know, hey, how do you prepare for interviews? And here's the funny thing: it's gonna make you laugh, man. For the first hundred episodes, I never prepare for anybody except for one person. You know, and that, and that one person was Matthew Knowles because I've seen past interviews of it going left. Like, like at some point, he's gonna get tired of talking about Beyonce. So I, <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it go left. That's the only one I've ever done anything for. But but now, you know, and there's a reason behind that though. It wasn't because I. It wasn't because they weren't worthy, or it wasn't because you know I, I didn't want to do it at that particular time. I was so focused on the podcasting was a side hustle at that time to me. You know, a side hustle that I was trying to make a main hustle. You know, it wasn't until I was able to fully go all the way in, you know, and build, you know, enough leverage to say, you know what, I'm going to take this seriously where I was able to study, you know, and and I was able to kind of like, you know, study, you know, I recently listened to an Oprah Winfrey interview from 1993 with Michael Jackson, his first interview after 14 years. Do you know how much game she gave away in that interview? She had Michael Jackson moonwalking and singing. 
She even asked the guy, does he know he's black? Like, like it takes it takes a skill set on that, you know. It even asked him about is he a virgin? And his first like, like it takes it takes a skill set to do that with such a high level person, and it gets respected, you know. And and now, if you if you listen to like the last ten episodes of the podcast, you might have noticed that oh, Sean's interview style is changing. Oh, he got them on their feet because I'm learning. I'm, I'm a student of the game, you know. So, like, find where where can you learn? You know, whether you're a podcaster or whether you're an athlete or whether you're a cook or whether you're a barber, you gotta spend some time studying the craft, and that's gonna help you uh, with anything else you're trying to do. Mm. So good. All right, I want I want to switch it up for just a few minutes. What uh, let's let's talk a bit about your family. Uh, what what do you love to do in your free time? Ah oh, man, we we um well it's so funny. I think kids, like I have three kids, I think they sometimes, you know, they're they're, they're like mini yous, but you get to like relive your childhood with them. You know, so man, I don't we don't watch every single mighty morphing power ranger there is. I'm seeing new rangers the other day. Uh they watch Netflix a lot, but they done went through all of them. Mighty Morphin, Beast Mode, whatever what like, there's so many of them now, right? And we were watching one of them. And I think it was the last Rangers. They might have either the beast mode or something. And they had this one episode where they kind of like brought back all the old Rangers. And it was uh, to me, I was like a kid at that moment. I'm like, yo, there's Tommy. There's Tommy. Like, like I grew up watching Tommy. Tommy's like 40 some years old now, <laughs> coming back on the screen going like this. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. You know, uh, so we watch a lot of Netflix. They love Power Rangers. They love, um, uh, what's nothing? They love uh, Coco Melon, depending on who it is. Uh, Coco Melon is a uh, a babysitter. Coco Melon can babysit your kids. <laughs> if, if, they, if, they, if they won't crawl or fall, you play Coco Melon, you could potentially leave the room. <laughs> That's how good Coco Melon is. Um, but we do a lot of that. And then outside of that, uh, we, we just we, we have like a little small things we like doing. You know, whether it's like getting a coffee from a favorite coffee spot or, uh, you know, certain TV shows, you know, that's pretty much all we do to relax and try to make the most out of time. Nice. So what was your most memorable date with your wife? Ah, man, no one's ever asked me that question. She was like, oh, she loves this guy. Uh, Most memorable date. Oh man, most memorable. Well, I I like artists and I like I like rap music. And I remember for our anniversary, she took me to, uh, to see Jay Z when Jay Z was on tour, and that was iconic. So I was an ultimate fan. I was buying stuff I'd never wear again, like, like the hats, all those type of stuff. You know, how you go to some place, you, you're like, okay, let's get a souvenir. Um, yeah, I was just buying stuff. Uh, so that was memorable. Uh, but anytime we do that, or anytime we do like an NBA game, that was always the best. <laughs> nice. So then let's talk about what have been some of the challenges of, of raising a family and, and being an entrepreneur. Oh, man. Uh, it depends on what day of the week you're talking about. <laughs> but but for me, uh, like for challenges, one of the challenges I think is you got to figure out the, the right time to t- turn the switch on to turn the switch off. So I'm still learning a lot. Um, one of the things that's, that's, that I try to do now implement in my structure is I try to handle all of my like business all of my interviews, all of my coaching, handle everything before they, they show back up, right? <laughs> That's how I look at it. The day ends, the day ends roughly roughly about five o'clock, my day ends uh, because I'm trying to be fully present whether we got to go get something to eat, whether we got to, you know, go somewhere else. I cut everything off. You know, it, there, there's moments where, you know, I'll do podcasting revealed on Mondays, but they're asleep, you know? 
But outside of that, I try to figure out that. But I think that by far is it. One of the things I heard that might help somebody, I interviewed somebody uh, who, who the episode will come out soon, a guy by the name of Tay Sweat. And Tay said he does this thing where he has fun. He has fun, but he, he, he'll have big fun. Like he'll say, okay, y'all, let's go on vacation. Okay, y'all, let's go on a yacht. Let's go have fun. But after that fun is over, Oh, he is in like preparation, Baltimore. I see y'all. I see y'all a little bit because what he wanted, what he wants to do in that mode is he's saying, "Listen, I'm going to prioritize y'all so hard, I have so much fun with y'all. You guys know when this is over, I gotta go make it. I gotta, I gotta go do my thing." And I thought that was a good idea. I was like, "Okay, that's a good one. Gotta try that." Absolutely. So then, what's been one of the blessings of raising a family as as being an entrepreneur? Oh man, the blessing is you have what all these people you look up to. Wish they had, but you take it for granted. So I've been around some of the most wealthiest people in the world. I mean, they are like millions on millions, and 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 they don't have what you have. And they don't have they don't have the family. They don't have the they don't have a significant other. They don't have any kids. And they would if they if they could purchase it, they would purchase it. You know, because at the end of the day, like no matter how much money they make, we're all human, and we all want some sense of love. So that, that to me was the biggest aha when I got around all these rich, wealthy people and they wanted what you got. And you're like, shit, <laughs> you're like, God throws you all. You know what I'm saying? But it, it goes to show you that what matters most in life is to be able to enjoy life with people who have either the last name as you or love you as much as you love them. Hmm. That's so good. Obviously, your relationship um, is strengthened by your parents' relationship and, and their example. And so definitely glad that you're taking care of your family and, and doing the right thing and recognizing, right? Like there's a time to shut it off. There's a time that I can plug into the family and then there's a time I can plug into that microphone. Yeah. But you know, it's crazy now when I, got, when I think about it, like if you spin up, like if you go have a lot of, of crazy fun with your, you know, your family, with you know, your husband, your wife, your kids, like you go have like some crazy amount of fun. Like you have the biggest excuse in the world to go back and go on. Like, y'all just, I just did all these vacations with y'all. I gotta go get it back, you know? So I, I, I think, and then here's the cool thing about it. You just created a memory for them, a moment for them. You know, when I, literally um, last month, I had did a six city tour with, uh, with one of my clients. And then the, then the next month, I took my family to like this resort, like it's like this private beach. Uh, my daughter dancing while she's eating bacon, lady bringing her uh, orange juice, you know, for all that fun, that was worth it. You know, so those are the things. Absolutely. So you mentioned Oprah and you mentioned her asking Michael Jackson if he knew he's black, which is yeah. an awesome question. Um, you should have seen me. how she did it, though. She <laughs> should have seen how she did it, though. She, she started with the skin, skin color, photographs of the skin changing. Asking him what is going on, and then just like maneuvered it in there where it was like, oh, and he almost he had to defend himself. He, I am black. I know I'm black. I got a skin disorder from blah blah blah. But it was the way she did it too. It was crazy. Nice. Obviously, you know, diversity and and you know, racial things have been a, a, a big issue, especially these last couple of years. Um, and and for you, I know that was one of your driving forces was because you know you're hearing all these people podcasting, but none of them look like you. Yeah. I think entrepreneurs are are going to be the solution to to so many cultural issues. Um, how can entrepreneurs be be a solution for this diversity? 
Yeah, more collaborations. More collaborations, more working together. You know, like they're, they're, they're successful. I can name, you know, very successful black podcasters. I can, but but they're just black. You know what I mean by that is, I mean, they're, they're just sticking to that, that market. Nothing's wrong with that, but they're just so strong in that market. That's all that really knows them. You know, but I think in order to fix like issues like you're talking about, people will need to see collaboration. They'll be able to know, okay, okay, it is cool. It is acceptable. Oh, we can learn from each other. Oh, we can work on projects together. Oh, I didn't know you existed. You do what? You know, and that's why I think it's so cool um, about podcasting. That's why I think it's so cool about the show that I'm running is I, I, I am showing you everybody, every pigment, everything you can think of, but everyone's dope. Everyone's learning and everyone is successful, but they also are willing to teach. And I think that is a huge key uh, to dividing the gap. Yeah, I think, yeah, closing that gap is, I think it's important, right? As a, as a culture, we, we're all human and we all need to get back to, to our humanness. And, uh, and I think our humanness really is helping each other and serving each other. You know, I love the language that you use and it obviously comes from your schools over and, and that idea of, you know, constant learning, learning from each other, you know, still uh, learning the game and and being a student of the game even you know when you're teaching the game and recognizing that I mean, just all of those those languages that you use and then of course collaborating and creating opportunities that you know we're, we're all in this together and mm -hmm. so we might as well work together for everybody's good you know rather than creating you know complication putting up barriers putting up walls and, and creating separation um, creating unity happens through collaboration. So that's such a great word. That's cool that you recognize that too and, and caught that, man. Cause I remember even when I was, you know, corporate and doing all these promotions, every room I would get into, I was the only black guy there, you know, like, every room, you know, everyone was like, Oh, okay. Something's off. Okay. Okay. Something's off. Okay. 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 You know, but it's just realizing that and saying, you know what, I'm about to, I'm about to figure this thing out, put it all together. So it's cool. Well, and, and you've chosen not to go alone, right? Like I'm tired of being, I'm tired of being the only black man in this room. How do I get some other men in here? Out exactly. here? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, man. And then, and then like, and, and even in corporate spaces, cause I know it's still happening. I'm, I'm not that far removed. Even, even in, in, in corporate spaces, it's like, it, it's almost like a, a female. And I never said this before out loud. It's almost like a, a female, uh, rapper analogy. I'm gonna give you a female rapper analogy. The female rapper analogy is that there can only be one hot female that's a rapper that's on top of the world. There can never be like a three or four of them. It's like it's either Nicki Minaj or it's Cardi B. You gotta pick one. And it's the same thing as it's like in the corporate world being a black person. It's like, oh, you like this black guy? Ah, that black guy ain't gonna be that guy. This is the black guy we're gonna roll with. You know, it's the same thing, you know, but no one's putting it into that philosophy. I think the coolest thing about, you know, me now in this new world and where I'm headed to in the future is I now have the freedom to say whatever I want, you know, because I, I used to be, it used to be like, I used to like do stuff and I used to be so like, okay, let me cross my, my T's and dot my I's because there were people I had to report to. But I don't report to anybody anymore. So it's like you really can say what you want and, it, and really stand up on it um, because at the end of the day, it's what everybody's thinking. You know, it's just how, how do you articulate that where it's accepted? Well, absolutely. And I and I think we need to be a culture that's empowering people, right? Lifting lifting people up and, and empowering those that have been disadvantaged, you know, 
women, minorities that, that have been, you know, held back because they, they weren't given a seat. <laughs> they weren't given yeah. a voice. And so <laughs> I think entrepreneurs, especially podcasters now, we have the opportunity to, to, to collaborate and, and make a seat available. Um, and, and, and of course, I think providing tools like your, your whole system is giving these tools and, and opportunities for, for others to follow in your footsteps um, and, and build a business and, and figure out, like you said, school's over. So now what, <laughs> you know, yeah, man, how are you going to make a difference in the world? <laughs> Absolutely. That's the key. <clears throat> so obviously your niche, you know, you, you, you had a pretty specific niche. How did that help you in, in your marketing? Yeah, I mean, it, it made it more center. It made it more like, okay, this guy's helping. And like, you know exactly, when you say it out loud, you know exactly what you're getting. I, I think now the misconception is it though, and, and uh, Dave Meltzer told me this one time when he interviewed me on his show Office Hours, that that it's bigger than that though. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day it's like, at the end of the day, it's no matter where you are in life, no matter you're 30 years removed from school, as far as, when I say school, as far as like going to a classroom, School is never over. <laughs> like, like you, like you, like you, like you could be, you can literally have a life changing lesson uh, while driving in traffic, and you just been schooled. It's only you to accept it, right? So, school's never over, you know. So, I, I, I think, but the, the the philosophy that education and learning is continued is is definitely what's helped me in my niche. Hmm. Well, and. And I appreciate, yeah, you, you've mentioned that quite a bit, right? Like you're a student of the game, you're learning, yeah. you know, at some points you're, you're only one or two steps ahead of someone else, but, mm-hmm. but you're still turning around and saying, Hey, I'm only two steps ahead of you, but here's what I know. And, yeah. and let me share it with you so that you catch up uh, to where I am. And obviously, you know, school's over had more to do with, you know, educational system, but I think the learning that happens outside of that educational system is is so much you know more po- more powerful, right? Like yeah, man. Or people might not even have graduated from the educational system and, and, and life taught them school. You know, like there's people I had on my show who ain't got no degrees, <laughs> but they're big. They're big, and they all aspect because they learned something, some way that's gotten them to where they are. Well, and for many, it's it's mindset issues, right? Obviously you saw your brother making money and and you've been making money since you were 14 in mm-hmm. a way that, that maybe you didn't wrestle with, you know, the, the idea of poverty mindset and that you weren't worthy of, of, mm-hmm. of success, but yeah. so many people are stuck in this, this mindset and our school system doesn't help them understand money. Uh, you know, they think they're, it's this limited resource that if I take, you know, obviously, you know, Jeff Bezos has all the money and, and, and he's not sharing any of it. So there's none left for the, there's none left for us, right? There's none left for the rest of us. How, how do you help people get, get through those, those things that school didn't teach? Yeah. You got to get around. Uh, it's usually an environment switch and, and that environment leads to an exposure. And you can see, you can't go reach for nothing. You never seen, you know, but the moment you see it, you know, it's possible, you know, at 14, you know, the way my brother and them was getting money is a lot different now. You know, back then they would open up a, a suitcase and there'd be money all in the suitcase. It looked crazy. There's like photos of it. Look, it just looked crazy. You know, now, you know, they, they operate a little bit differently. You know what I'm saying? So, but but I saw it. If I didn't see it, I wouldn't think it was possible. 
You know, and I think right now, if you're listening to this and you're struggling with, you know, that in particular, you got to get around some places where you can see it. And maybe you need to be, you know, someone's, you know, someone's assistant or, 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 or be, you know, someone that, that can help somebody in some aspect. Like, what can you help them with? You know, and I think that'll be key for you just so you can get in that environment and, and you can see what you're capable of. Mm. So much power in, in that inner circle, right? The, who you're who you're hanging around with. Um, and obviously that that can lead to the same kind of positive energy, right? The the belief in in, in what you're doing. Um, I think that's the value of your clubhouse room. I think, you know, you get 100 people in, in a room talking about, you know, how positive this can be and, and how uplifting this can be and, and how possible it is. Right. I mean, anybody can spend, you know, a few hundred dollars and, and be podcasting if they yep. choose to. Yeah. And be, and be consistent with it too. I think that consistency is the key, right? I, I think it's like, how can you clap for yourself when nobody else is clapping? And if you do that, then you, you're going to be pretty good. That is a great quote. I'm stealing it. <laughs> how can you clap for yourself when nobody else is clapping yeah how can you do that you, know, you need you a, do that you need a fan club for sure um and i <laughs> i would i would tell anybody those those first 50 episodes don't look at your numbers because <laughs> you're, you're, you're gonna get better you know you're, you're gonna get you're gonna get better like every skill will get better but alternate times though it's like curiosity is what really makes the interview good like that's why I think I probably the first hundred episodes I didn't really study anything because I didn't want to watch somebody else's stuff. And then actually, you know, I'm asking the same questions they just asked. You know, like, like so I didn't want to do that. I just want to be so uniquely curious that that it was one of just unlocks up for somebody. Hmm. That's so good, and it just requires listening, right? Like, mm-hmm. I want to ask the question, and of course, that's I think that's one of the powers of of being a coach is is being able to ask the right question and, and listen for the answer. And, and I love that curiosity, right? Just, you know, I want to explore in this and, and learn and not ask the same questions. I, I started researching before I did uh, Travis Chappelle's interview and, and it was only because the pressure of, <laughs> you know, meeting and, and you and, and a few others now. And I think the research has just helped me formulate better questions and my goal is to ask questions that other, you know, that aren't being asked. Right. And, Absolutely. and not, but not in the way like, you know, deep or profound, just, you know, like, Hey, what do you do for fun? Right. Like asking that question for me is, is I want to, I want to share that, Hey, this is business, but there's still fun. There's still an element of, of, Hey, I get to do something, you know, with my kids and mm-hmm. Hey, watching power Rangers. That's, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Right. Like somebody else is listening and, and, you know, they've heard the, Oh, don't watch Netflix. Turn your TV off. Throw the TV out. You can't be an entrepreneur and have a TV, right? <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm talking cool. about every episode of Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think it's cool that you could share. You know, hey, we like Netflix, and I watch you know Power Rangers with my kids, and that's that's our thing, right? So, <laughs> and I think somebody's going to identify with that and and make a connection, and so I think that there's Absolutely, value man. in that for sure. So, what inspires you, Sean? Uh, I mean, it inspires me now is that, you know, it's rare. And it's funny I say that as I'm drinking this coffee, I think about the calories in it. I think I think what inspires me now, man, is that I really want to see, like, what's the best version of me looks like. 
Oh. I think, and I think anyone, I think anybody right now, like yo, if you look in the mirror and you say yourself, oh, because you, we see so much on the social media, we see so much, so many photos, but like if you really look at, like if you really look at the mirror, you say to yourself, yo, I wonder what the best version of me looks like. Oh, that's a crazy thought. So then it's like, all right, let me get in shape. You know, now I'm getting up in the morning, I'm running on the treadmill. You know, I got the running shorts and everything, the hoodie. Man, you should see me. I like getting up in the darkness. I'm like Rocky Balboa. I'm like different now. Because I'm saying to myself, I wonder what the best version of me looks like. You know, because one day I'm going to meet him. You know, but that also is an aspect of your life, how you treat people, how you, how you see people, how you move, how you talk, like in, in your interview style, the connections you make. I, right now, I am on a quest to see what the best version of me looks like. Man, that is so good because it, it it affects you in every area, right? Every what, area, man. What does the best father of me look like? You know, what does the best me as a dad look like? What does the best me as a husband look like? Yep. Whew, man, my wife every wants area. to meet that guy, right? <laughs> I want to meet him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to meet him. Like, I, 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 can, I can run through a wall just thinking about that because so many people die, man, and they never know what the best version of them look like. They died overweight. They died. They died not feeling good in their body. They died not loving certain people. Like, like, like I don't want to be that guy, man. I really want to know. I want to look in the mirror and say, "Damn, <laughs> that's how I want to be, man." That's how well, they died, be. and they died thinking they were victims, right? They didn't have any yeah. control over it. Yeah, it's all the world's fault. It's it's yeah. my parents' fault. It's my dad's fault. It's everybody else's fault. So. I think one thing that happens, successful entrepreneurs take responsibility. They've got 100% ownership over what they're doing and, and who they're becoming. And, and I, I think that is a great question to challenge yourself, right? What, what is the best version of me look like? And, and when do I get to meet that guy? Yeah, man, that, 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 that's it. That's what inspires me now. That's that's it. And you asked me. You were asked me that. Like I was so blind. Like 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 when it, when it comes to like like really leveling up. I was so blind by being so involved with working at a job and trying to balance out the two. Like now that I'm not. Like I'm, I'm way more clear than I ever been, man. I'm reading. I'm reading books I should probably should have been read. I'm writing down things I probably should have been wrote down. And I'm I'm just so excited to kind of see what that version looks like. I know what I mean. I'll know when I see him. I'll know. I'm like, oh, that's it. That's well, because your wife and kids are going to tell you this is awesome, right? Like, oh yeah, they kind of yeah, they, yeah, they are. They, they see it already, but but yeah, in, in, all, in all aspects, yes, you, you're right. But like, who is this guy? You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, I changed my whole, whole routine, and like, who who are you doing this for? I'm doing this for me. I, I'm trying to see what I, what this looks like. That's so good. Well, and, and what's really great about it is this just that idea that man, if I get better and better every day, how awesome. Mm-hmm. How awesome will our life and relationship and family be? No, it's gonna be crazy, man. That's gonna be crazy, man. How often? How, how good would it be just to feel? Like how good it's gonna feel? You know, your body. Like it's just, it's crazy. That's awesome. All right. So, what is Sean's big dream? Uh, I mean, big dream, man. Um, his impact. I think it's just. I think it's his impact. You know, it's really, it's really impacted and and running my own race. You know, I, I, like I, I, social media is cool and all. We all have to be up there. We all got to keep putting out things and inspiring. But sometimes you get caught up looking at, at other people in your race, right? Like, 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 like that ain't it. You know, I, I think my dream is because everybody's dream is different. Everyone's put out here for a different reason. Mm. And you just want to see what it looks like. And I think that that's it. Running my own race. That's so good. All right. So 
end every episode just by asking you've been sitting across from a young entrepreneur who's who's just getting getting started on their entrepreneur journey what are sean's words of wisdom that you're going to leave them with yeah, 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 absolutely, man. I say that in every podcast, and that's dream it, believe it, go out and get it, right? You got a dream, go chase that dream, but you got to believe in yourself because there's going to be a lot of naysayers, a lot of people who think you shouldn't even be doing it, but you got to believe that you should be, and then you just got to go out here and do it. Make it happen, make things work, make those connections, and really go out here and be an impact and make a change. Sean, thank you so much for taking the time today to hang out with me and just appreciate your wisdom and just really enjoyed this conversation. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you. If you enjoy the show, please like subscribe and leave a review. We have a free gift for you at add value. The number two entrepreneurs.com. Our cyber December deals include one hour coaching slots for only $97. That's a 75% savings. And we're launching new inner circle team coaching in 2022. Applications are open in December at add value, the number two life.com. In our next episode, Jonathan Darling shares about leading with love and how he is impacting corporate environments when they start leading their people with love. He's inspired by community and believes we humans were never meant to face things alone. He wants to inspire others to take courageous action in love.